Thank you very much. I'm excited to talk about Horizon. It's a copper company. It's coming out of the gate with three world-class assets. My name is Irfan Kazimi, and I'm the CEO of the company. And we're really excited to tell people about a new way to play copper. Okay, and and I'm thank you very much for coming on the show. I'm, I'm excited uh, about this one. So new new story, kind of new model in, in a way. Can you just sort of clarify what you mean by a copper company and a new way to play copper? What have you set up? Yeah, so out of the gate, we've got three world-class assets, uh, two of them in production. One's cash flowing, the other was a development asset. And there are passive interests on world-class mines. And so the idea is Horizon is going to be an aggressive consolidator of copper interests all over the world and build out the portfolio. And so there are very few copper companies out there, sub 500 million market cap, that can boast in having not only cash flowing asset, but assets in the first quartile in terms of production costs. So it's truly unique. Right. And and so given where you've come from, there's this sort of expectation that this, well, surely this is a royalty company, but you haven't set it up like that. So what do you mean by passive interest? Yeah. So we have a number of royalties in the portfolio right now, similar to the Antimina mine, which is the third largest copper mine on a copper equivalent basis. We have a 1.66% MPI royalty. And so we have these royalty and quasi-royalty assets. But as Horizon continues to grow, it'll keep adding these passive interests. So um, minority positions and operating mines and, and assets going forward. And that allows us to have a larger population size of adding assets to the portfolio and uh, allow us to eventually get the size and scale that you'd expect of a copper company. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get clear here because I, cause I think, I mean, is this was this set up as to kind of solve a problem for a sandstorm in the sense that people didn't get the kind of private component, you know, uh, which, which obviously it had with um, Hod Madden, et cetera. So you've got some royalties, you've got some, pri- you know, passive interests. So what is it? You're not actually going to go and drill for copper yourselves. You're just collecting interest in copper companies. So h- how would one describe that? What's the best way? Yeah, it's a unique uh, way to play the co- copper uh, field. So traditionally, when you've got copper mining companies, they have, you know, over 50% ownership in a mine, they have technical teams that are operating it. And based on that model, you can't build out too many mines, you can't add to the portfolio because it just takes too much time. With Horizon, what you're getting is these royalties and quasi-royalty interests, um, whether it's uh, the Oyutolgo interest that we own through our 25% ownership of Entree, that's a finance carried interest, it works very much like a royalty. Antimina, an MPI royalty. Hot Modern is a 30% um, uh, interest in that mine, but the way the contractual agreement works, it's quasi-royalty as well. And so what you're seeing is us being kind of industrious in acquiring a lot of these interests and how they come up in form. Right now, we're not looking to acquire you know 60%, 51% of an actual copper assets currently. Right now, we're building out the portfolio to get size and scale. Right. So let's be really clear about this kind of... Does it matter what it's called? Does it matter if it's called royalty, quasi-royalty, or other to you? Because how do you make money? How do you make money? And how does your company get valued? And how do people understand what that value uh, should mean for them? Yeah, I'm a numbers guy out of the gate. So I believe what is the actual cash flow the company will receive? So for example, you've got uh, Antimina royalty that we have in our portfolio, which is cash flowing you know, 10 plus million dollars a year to Verizon shareholders. You can call that, you know, a royalty, you can call it 
uh, minority interest. It, you can call it whatever you like, as long as you get sustainable cash flows coming on an annual basis. And then when you look at our portfolio, we've got similar interests like our 30% in Hop Modern, which just recently a company announced SSR Money that they're taking an operating position in that asset. And so we've added this quality operator that has in-country, in-house expertise that has experience in Turkey moving that project forward. And then our third asset is a, a interest in Oyu Togoi. Again, it works very much like a royalty, but when it starts cash flowing, which is the thing that matters the most, it'll cash flow tremendous amounts uh, to Verizon shareholders. Right. So you give me one number I can, I can latch on to. There was obviously with uh, Antimino, which is 10 million cash flow. Show me the money. Uh, with Hardman, hard SSR coming jumping on board is great, but what, what, what do you, are you envisioning the number coming to you will be? Uh, same with Oyo Toll Guy. You know, what will the number coming to you be? You know, cash is king, right? Yeah. When you look at our complete portfolio um, at $4 copper, you're looking at when all these assets are cash flowing over $90 million US a year to Verizon shareholders. And so, you know, that's over, you know, close to about $13, uh, $13 million a year on Antimina $4 copper. At lower prices, 350, that's the, the $10 million per year. And then when Horizon uh, uh, operating interest or interest in hot mining kicks in in a few years time, then you'll have an incremental 20 plus million dollars uh, annually from that asset alone. Okay, let, let's stick with the money. I want to come back to hard modern. So what do you do with 90 million bucks when it when this thing is, you know, fully optimized and the cash flow is, you know, flowing? Does it work like a royalty company? Do you continue to buy into passive interests? And, you know, what does that look like? How do you find them? Who's the team that's going to do that? Yeah, that's where the symbiotic relationship with Sandstorm comes in. Sandstorm has the largest corporate development team in the royalty spaces, incredibly large technical team. And they're scouring the planet, looking for copper assets with precious metal byproduct. And that allows Horizon to get a first look on a number of different assets. And it allows Sandstorm to help provide cheap financing to Horizon to acquire that interest. Because, you know, when you have large precious metal components coming from a copper asset, it allows for easier financing. And so over the next 24 months, we're hopeful that we'll be able to add another asset into the portfolio. And so you have this strong quality base of assets, cash flowing with Antimina, hot modern on the horizon, and then you'll be able to add more assets to the portfolio going forward. So given given the, the origins of Horizon Copper, is this just a proxy for Sandstorm? So if we let people like Sandstorm, they should like you? Or does this try to stand its own two feet? You seem to be sharing some of the internal functions at Sandstorm in terms of the ability to find projects to buy. So, you know, you indeed obviously are a director over there as well. So, how do I, how do I, as an investor into copper, view you? Yeah. So they have separate boards. Um, I'm, I'm not a director of Sandstorm, but I am of uh, Horizon Copper. And they'll make their own decisions uh, going forward. And so Verizon will look for the cheapest form of financing, where it comes from, from whichever streamer. But there's this beautiful relationship out of the gate where you can build a portfolio, where you have a supportive multi-billion dollar enterprise value company in Sandstorm helping finance these acquisitions. And so when you look at what is the, the, the symmetry, what is the harmony that can happen is you have... Sandstrom strategic direction in helping Horizon acquire these copper interests using a form 
a, a very cheap form of financing in royalties and streams. Right, but you are CFO there. So, they, so if you're not a director, you're a CFO still, or have you resigned? Yeah, I'm. Uh, no, I'm. I'm still a CFO. But over the long run, once Horizon gets size and scale, there'll be natural tra- transitions that happen. Um, okay. But really independent boards, and they'll be making their own determinations going forward. Right. Okay. Do you think is there anything wrong with people looking at, at Sandstorm and going? Do you know what? They've done quite well. This is predominantly well. This is effectively spin, spin out of that. They'll probably do, they'll probably do just as well. I mean, so do you want to deliberately distance yourselves? I mean, do you feel you need to? Is there an upside to distancing yourselves? Or well, there, I don't see an upside. And I think that the honest truth is they're very interrelated. Um, you have a symbiotic relationship that has been telegraphed for over the last year, and so I think. As a Horizon shareholder, you get a lot of the size and scale that comes with Sandstorm, the expertise. Sandstorm looks at over 100 transactions in a year alone. And so Horizon shareholders get access to this massive corporate development pipeline. Two of the assets in Horizon's portfolio were based on identifying these fantastic projects over five years ago. And then as the spin out of these copper interests came into Horizon, that's how Horizon was able to get them. And so... I see that as a huge advantage, and we're looking forward to working with Sandstorm and moving forward. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Um, so, talking about the, the the financing, right? So, this this is um, obviously once you're once you're able to announce that, I think you'll you'll kind of be able to start trading, etc. So, how are you structuring the the balance sheet? How are you structuring your overheads? What does that look like? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, we are uh, we announced recently a twenty million financing. Uh, we're closing it uh, shortly, and once it's closed, uh, Horizon Copper will be trading on the TSXB. Uh, in terms of the balance sheet, um, a lot of the enterprise value uh, in the company is based on these IOUs, and so in order to have these for sand for for uh, I guess viewers' benefits, Sandstorm had these incredible crown jewels within its portfolio, but they weren't necessarily precious metal or streams and royalties. So they transferred their over to Verizon for, and in return, they took back a precious metal stream and some IOUs. And these IOUs allow the company, Horizon, to have tremendous torque. So you've got this enterprise value that's, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars, um, but the market cap is small. And so you, when you get changes in the commodity price, when there's an increase of, let's say, 10% enterprise value, the equity holders get close to 40 plus percent increase in the market cap. And so with Torque, as a finance guy, I would get concerned about leverage, you know, interest rates, covenants, you know, ability to pay it back. And so that's what's so unique about how Horizon is structured. You've got, you know, no financial covenants with respect to this, these IOUs. They're really IOUs uh, that are structured as equity and weighting. Horizon has the ability to pay back these IOUs at future prices subject to Sandstorm not owning more than 34% of Horizon. And the interest rates are very low. You know, a lot of the debt is non-interest bearing until some of these assets get into production. And so you've got negative yield debt, no financial covenants, and Horizon's ability to pay it back in shares at future prices. And so when I look at the balance sheet, I say you get access to these incredible assets, you get tremendous amount of torque, and you've got a pipeline already built in there where you don't have to necessarily go raise equity and move any of your development assets forward because Verizon has tremendous working capital, about 40 million US earmarked for its CapEx on uh, the Hot Modern project. Okay, so 
using the phrase IOUs, I'm, I'm sure they're not labelled as such with the, with the lawyers, are they? I mean, what is because you talk you talk in your press releases about you know convert, convertible debt, convertible notes um, as as well. So what what is the different type of money they typically do? You're saying that in sort of non 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 binding term sheets, etc. But you know things like convertible notes do have some liens on them, covenants on them, you know, obligations definitely got interest on them. So when you say it's it's a very flexible structure you kind of given yourself there, can you explain how all the money is sort of un, underwritten or or how how you've done it? So I'm really, really sort of keen to get it. I, I get the support that you're getting, but was at the same time, I want to understand what the kind of restrictions on your ability to do business might be. So when the assets were transferred to... Uh... Horizon, Sandstorm took back debt. That debt is uh, in excess of 200 million US. Those are the debt instruments I'm talking about in terms of no financial covenants, you know, negative yield, ability to pay back in shares. So they're very much equity and waiting. Now, when we announced our recent financing um, to acquire the hot mod or the Antimeda interest, it came with a convert with a third party, not Sandstorm. That is about $15 million US, which is a tiny portion of our enterprise value. And that's your traditional convert. It's a partner that we identified uh, over the last few months. We interviewed actually different funds, and we felt that this group was the most um, in line with our long-term strategic play and plan. So, But the Sandstorm uh, debt is payable in shares. So it's not your traditional convert at a specific strike price. Okay, understood, understood. Um, so that so that fifteen million convert eight percent usual yep. stuff really fairly vanilla which we shall call it. Um, okay, so when you talk about the enterprise, can you remind me what is the enterprise value at the moment? It's about you know, the two hundred twenty million US. Okay, fine. And um, in in terms of how you tell the growth story, is it is it clearly through you know future revenues and which with the three you know key assets that you've got at the, at the moment? How do again we judge that in terms of you know the the, the multiples we should put on that? Because obviously, with you know with royalties, it's kind of relatively easy on the on the precious metal side. On things like um, base, you know, ba- battery metals, it's a little bit harder. We've seen a huge range in terms of those values out there with royalty companies. How how do you think we should look at it? You can look at it in many different ways. So you alluded to to uh, royalty companies, and and very much our portfolio out of the gate is quasi royalties, and our most material asset is a royalty. And so you can look at what are your trading on an enterprise value uh, basis based on your cash flows. And so base metal royalty companies, so, you know, not precious metal, base metal trade around 10 or 11 times EV uh, to EBITDA. Uh, if you, you look at how we value it out of the gate, so we're nearly half that. So there's to, tremendous to, uh, upside in terms of the rating. The other way you can look at it is we're a producing company. And if you look at long life assets that are low cost, what do they trade at? And we're similarly traded at about so half that. It's so a lot of value proposition. So but the way I look at it is more nuanced. I look at it and say, 
What uh, is the cash flow this company is going to get? Look at how we and what growth do they have? And so when you look at the so cash flow based on our enterprise value, we screen very the well. The other way you can look at it is based on the percentage. And there's some slides on our on our website that you can look at and look at peers and such. But what you need to Verizon is not only the cash flow because of the Antonina royalty, but it has a growth profile already built in. You don't get the trap where you know people are cash flowing mining companies and they get to use all their operating cash flow so to put back in investing just to keep that asset alive. Very well. And traditionally what you get um, is that cash flow coming from that asset, and some slides but on our, on our that asset is depleting, and, and so your growth is declining. But what With you Horizon, you've got two world-class assets in addition to Antimina. And so you've got this built-in growth that you're getting essentially for free. And that's growth in. that you don't, you don't necessarily have to go where, and you know, people are you know, buy built in the portfolio. We have $40 million U.S. working capital that's earmarked for the equity check or the what you get is build as part of that capital. That asset. And but so you can look at it and say you've got a cash flowing asset, you've got two development assets um, that'll be cash flowing over time, but you don't have to necessarily go raise equity. So that growth so is already built into that portfolio. For free. Uh, the the other thing I, I think is um, worthwhile considering is, you know, not only do you get that cash flow quality and the valuation from a royalty or your producer and you've got this built-in growth, but what are the quality of the assets within that portfolio? It's going to be pulled back to commodity prices over the next 12 to 18 months, and that's natural. We're big bulls in copper, but there's always going to be pullbacks. So how are those assets going to survive in a sudden pullback? Are companies who are operating those assets, are they going to go invest? Drill you know, that, that, and you that cash flow quality and the valuation at least from over our experience that if you get growth, first quartile asset and low cost asset, it's very cheap to drill and expand that resource and reserve. And so that's one of the unique things that we have in our portfolio and as well. That, okay, natural. and if we, let me come back to and, and, and I appreciate, appreciate you going through that. How are those assets going to survive with regards to hot mountain? You know, it's had a sort of you know difficult existence under sandstorm. And you, you've got it. You've got it now. But you've still got to go through some of those same, those same steps. It's a big project. It's 19, 20 million pounds of copper and, and over 156,000 ounces so that's one of the gold for 13 weeks. It, it, it's, and, and no doubt there'll be expiration and hopefully you know, a longer life than that. But it, it's you're still having to help look at the kind of debt financing uh, for the development capital. You, you, I guess you're trying to kind of, again, wrap your heads around the projected capital and operating costs uh, et cetera, be, post this kind of inflationary and kind of COVID environment that, that we've been in. It's affected a lot of uh, wannabe producers, a lot of big advanced developers um, trying to understand their economics. So when you, I think earlier you said, you know, in, in the next few years to get into production, how far are you along those discussions, that discovery process of actually understanding the economics around this? Thanks for asking about Hot Modern. I think it's been in the news recently because um, while we came into the asset many years ago, uh, we own 30% of it. Um, our Turkish partner, Lydia Medin Chilik, which part of a, you know, Chalik holding with the Turkish conglomerate, you know, they're a private company. So they weren't publicly discussing a lot of the timelines and these issues that we would get information and pass along to the market as was um, our requirement as a public company. But now what's modern, changed over the last 12 months is one, um, while We've got we our key permits at that asset ago, being the EIA and the forestry permits. So it has um, its key permits. 
Turkish two, made in Chile, recently, part of a, SSR Mining know, just announced that they acquired 40%. You know, they're a private so company, so they now will you have SSR Mining with 40%, and Lydia, which is a Turkish partner, 30%, and Horizon at 30%. So the operator of that asset is SSR Mining, a large multinational mining company. And they We've publicly announced a few things. One, they're taking over the project the financing the that Lydia so has been working permits. on. And Two, um, they've done due diligence on that SSR asset. I think it's phenomenal. They've done due diligence on the feasibility study. So and they're publicly stating that you know, they found ways they can optimize Lydia, that asset even more. Partner, and mining companies say that, but they're the one mining so the company of that, that actually has built SSR and operated mines in Turkey. Multinational and the mines that they built, company. being Chirpler, and they publicly they announced a few things. One, they're on time the and under budget. And they exceeded nearly all metrics from what was the, the, the mine plan previously to what it is now under their leadership. Done due on and the so when they say study, that, you know, they're, they're moving to commercial production that, in 2027, you know, they they that they're moving that all these um, milestones forward, that, I think the market truly believes that. And that actually has built it's easy to say that, but they actually Turkey. had the development team that moved that Turkish asset, Chirpler, that performed incredibly well, was on time and under budget. And now they're moving that entire development team nearly all to hot model. What was and the, so we're really the, excited the for that, that in the last 12 months, we got those key permits. The project so financing is continuing to advance, and now SSR Mining, a large multi-billion dollar company, has stepped these, in um, with in-house country expertise. I think the market right. How many employees have you got, or how many employees do you imagine you'll need it's to kind of run that, the business? But Horizon actually only has a couple employees, so you know, I don't take a salary. Over the last year, I've been in the role of CEO, and my salary is a dollar. And so we're really trying to get Horizon up and running and going, and we're utilizing the corporate development team of Sandstorm and the technical team to go and find assets. So we're trying to keep the GNA quite low, and over the next year, I don't see that being over a million dollars U.S. Okay, that's kind of where I was going in terms of, and I guess the next question, following question, lead question from that would be, what do you guys do all day? Obviously, you've got other jobs as well. So in terms of the amount of work required. My here, is a dollar. Horizon, and so we're really trying to get Horizon other, up and running, running and going. Positions, um, and uh, royalty, utilizing the corporate development in, team you know, of now and, and the technical team to go and find assets. And so uh, we're trying to keep DNA quite low thing, over um, the next year. I don't see that being There's not too much to do. So therefore, investors shouldn't expect to hear from you on a regular basis. Is that is that true? The first part is true in the sense that it doesn't require much effort to operate a royalty. You just collect the cash. And being a passive minority holder, you're not actually having to go and hire staff to build that project. I think one of the key determinations is who are the operating entities in our portfolio? You got Tech, Glencore, yeah, Rio Tinto, SSR Mining, BHP, all world-class operators, and they know what they're doing. Um, but in terms of getting the news out, we are actually going and explaining what Horizon is. There's a lot of actual demand from investors for good the copper first names. First part is true. When you look at you know copper companies to operate a below a billion, below half a billion, and being a passive minority holder for investors, not actually having to go and so we and hire find this unique niche 
where I think we're actually cash-flowing and we've got world-class assets. Entity. So in investors are actually going to hear quite a lot from me going forward. So yeah, that's actually Rio part of your question. No, there's going to be a lot of information, a lot of news coming out over the next 12 months, and a lot of sitting down with investors and funds and explaining the Horizon story. explaining what Horizon is. There's a lot of actual demand from investors for good copper names. When you look at you know copper companies below a billion, below half a billion, there aren't many options for investors. And so we find this unique niche where we're actually cash flowing and we've got world-class assets. So investors are actually going to hear quite a lot from me going forward. So the second part of your question is, no, there's going to be a lot of information, a lot of news coming out over the next 12 months, and a lot of uh, sitting down with investors and funds and explaining the horizon story.